my father's house. As I was driving away from seeing family yesterday, I had two feelings within me. On one hand, I felt gratitude and love. On the other hand, I felt, if I'm honest, I felt some sadness that my family is not the way I wish it was. I mean, if I could have it my way, then this person would be a little different, a little nicer. Uh, This person would go back to church. This person would isolate less. And you kind of catch yourself doing that, which is actually a great act of pride. You know, the whole world would just be a better place if everybody just did things the way I think they should. My family would be a much better place if there were just these differences. But somehow that's not how God does it. I am grateful. At least, at least my family got together. I know one of my friends was sharing with me how they have one set of in-laws who's deathly afraid of COVID, and the other side who doesn't think COVID exists, even when the one parent was in the ICU for weeks with it. And so in the end, it was a quiet Christmas with each family just doing their own thing. And and I would say there's there's some safety and prudence in that, I suppose. But I think it just exposes a lot of other underlying issues. Today we see some issues in the Holy Family. I mean, they are the Holy Family, so I speak with reverence. However, if this had happened today and you lost your child for three days, CPS would come knocking on your door for neglect, child endangerment, potential abuse, and you wouldn't just be skipping your way back home, you'd be answering in front of a judge. So perhaps there's no magic, magic perfect family as much as I admire that family that I see at church. But the answer can't just be to wait for everyone else to figure it out and change. Well, because meanwhile, I sit there powerless and perpetually frustrated trying to change somebody that I have no control over. Does God know that? Does God know that I can't change others? Yes, but the one person I can change is me. Now, there, there might be situations when I need to separate from people that are unhealthy. Um, I actually, this is my own observation. I think a lot of students come to NAU to get away from their families. I mean, parents won't let them go too far, but you know, NAU is still in the state, so that becomes a nice compromise. But the answer is not to run away. And and that's like our last card that we use at times, right? Because I can show you that you can't control me, and so I'm going to move where you can't control me. But then we can't have a relationship either. It's the silent treatment. You can't have a relationship with the silent treatment. And so what's the answer? The Catholic response is this, too. That one, I want to work on this relationship. Two, with certain boundaries and protections that keep me safe. That, that 
at the end of the day, before God, I am held accountable not for what people did to me or how they treated me. I am held accountable for how I treat others and whether I try. However, I'm allowed to put up boundaries and protections to keep me safe. But isn't it interesting to keep me safe? The ironic thing is that there's no such thing as a safe relationship. I mean, there's people that you can open up and trust. But when you open up your heart and trust someone, it means that you actually just gave them exposure where they can actually hurt you deeply. That's why the people that are the closest to us have the potential to hurt us most deeply, namely our family. And so to, to open up in relationship, to open up in love, is actually... It's an act of courage. And, and we cannot have love if we never take that risk. And Jesus doesn't run from the risk, but Jesus comes and shows us what it is to have relationship, even with people who don't do what you want and don't love you the way you want to be loved, people who don't even want to receive your love. Jesus says, I love them anyways that I make myself completely vulnerable, not because of them, but because of who I am. And that you're not taking anything from me, you're not doing anything to me, but I'm giving myself to you completely because I love you. And so being loved by Jesus, being loved by Mary, being loved by Joseph, that actually, it teaches us how to love other people who aren't acting the way I want, who don't even want to receive my love, who don't even want to listen, that we still give the gift anyways. And so maybe how Jesus loves is not so different from us. Choosing to love, even if it causes harm to us. And perhaps it's precisely the people that God sent into our lives, our family members, to help perfect us. Not that they are perfect, but that somehow they are perfect for God's plan to perfect us. Not that they are perfect, but that they are perfectly part of God's plan to perfect us. And so St. Paul tells us what, what needs to happen, the virtues we need. He says, put on heartfelt compassion. Compassion is to, is to suffer with. That rather than expecting everyone to understand me, to try to understand and be willing to enter into the suffering of others with them. Kindness, humility, humility, that maybe it's okay that it's not my way, that maybe, maybe the way I think the world should be, maybe that's not exactly accurate. I mean, maybe it is, but maybe it's not, and maybe it's okay that it's not the way I think it should be, and I just am invited to accept it, just as I'm invited to accept the people in front of me as they are. Put on gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Well, forgiving one another means that there's been hurt. It means that there's been injustice. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these, put on love. None of these are possible without God's grace. 
that loving people who are hard to love, and there is no other type of person, can only be done with God's grace. And it's precisely in loving them that changes me. And so if there weren't hard people to love, well, I'd be trying to take a trip down Easy Street. And I think that's what I want. I, I wish people would just be different so that my life would be easier. But no one ever said life was supposed to be easy. That Jesus, who's perfect, shows us the perfect path. That somehow being loving to the end is perhaps the choice and invitation of the best path. I had a couple of moments happen to me yesterday with family that, that, that hit me. And God, God was doing something there. Um, so, as you know, I think my dad has dementia, and so he's pretty out of it. And so he's sitting in his chair, and I walked by and I was trying to engage him. So one of the ways I engage him is I kind of like, you know, he's got toys or whatever, and so you kind of play with the toys or pick at them or whatever. And so I reach for the toys, and he swats my hand away. And so sometimes that's, that's, that's one of the games kind of that we play at times. And so I said, oh, is he playing a game? And so I reach again, and he swats my hand again, and his lip curls. And I was like, oh, that's not a game. Um, that's he's not happy. That he, and then so I move away, and he's like staring at me across the room, giving me the eye. And, and I just feel love in my heart for him. And I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm thinking, he thinks I'm going to steal his toy. He's like a little kid that can't control anything in the whole world except the thing right in front of him, and he's going to protect it because it feels like all he has for safety. And so the, you know, the time goes on, and we're watching uh, the Suns game, and so uh, there were some limited moments, but there was one positive moment where I got excited, and I, we hit a big bucket, and so I jumped in the air, and I yelled, and I high-fived a couple people, and then I looked at my dad, and he looked terrified that he was, he was looking at me, and he, and he started to cry, that, that somehow my, my outburst had scared him. And, and all I wanted to do was to enter into his world and to let him know that it's going to be okay, that, that I love him. But, but I, I didn't know how, and I, I didn't have the ability to, to communicate that to him. And it made me think about, I, I wondered... What was his experience as a child? What happened to him to make him scared every time that somebody jumped? What made him be so defensive because he thought people were going to take something from him? Actually, I don't know his story, but I see how he reacts now. And it makes me curious. I want to understand. And I'll never be able to understand this side of heaven. But it makes me just have the invitation to choose to love him as he is. And it makes, and, and, and I wonder if that's how he felt when I was a kid, when I was that little kid trying to protect the little that I could control, when I was scared of him, when, when he didn't know how to communicate to me that he loved me and that it was going to be okay. And it makes me think that maybe that's how God the Father feels about me and all of us that he has so much love to give, and he wants what's best for us. And, and he actually has the wisdom and power to make it happen. 
But I don't understand that. And I can feel scared of what he's doing. And I can feel threatened like God's trying to take something good away from me. And yet he is perfect. He's loving. And he's good. And he can work through the worst of things to help me. And that somehow, even through my own relationship with my imperfect family and my imperfect father, that me, who's imperfect, that God gave me them so that I could learn how to love. That the number one way that God teaches us about love is through our families. And learning to be humble and obedient like Jesus, even to his own mother and stepfather, that we're invited to do that similarly, to, to be humble, to try to understand, to be compassionate, to try to understand their suffering, and to be willing, like the Lord, to enter into it, too, with love. You know, sometimes I need my space and time, but the point of that is not to stay there, but to come back into relationship, to regroup, to heal, and to reach out, to offer love, even if it's never accepted. That it's not about waiting for the people around me to become perfect. It's about loving them and their imperfection that perfects me. And so I have a desire that things would be perfect, that I would enter the Father's house in heaven. And as I reflect on my life, and I think about what's helping prepare me for that, what has helped mold me into being more compassionate and kind and humility and gentleness, gentle and patient, is that I'm left with gratitude. I'm left with love. I'm left with a desire to understand better the gift that God's given me in my father's house.